Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Been right here beside me. Think he's sending my chair. When I look in the mirror, I don't know who's standing there. He says, Boy, I can see hurting your eyes. Well, I see through the bad times when you tell them awful lies and there's boys like you don't know when to quit keep living life the hard way don't know the half of it and there's boys like you Paying the price Might just stay like this forever Living in a fool's paradise an angel laying right there Tangled up in my sheet Well I run my fingers through her hair She looks so peaceful when she sleeps She's been right here beside me Keeping the devil off my cage She said ooh Lord Please don't let them slip away Cause there's boys like him That don't know when to quit Keep living life the hard way Don't know half of it Yeah, there's boys like him 
Beside me, thank you, sitting in my chair. Welcome you to Porch Talk. This is your host, Alan, and tonight we're burning the phone lines all the way down to Natchez, Mississippi. So, Gabriel, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, Alan. How are you doing? Doing good, man. I'm excited about having you on this evening. And so, like, man, I got to tell you, it's like your part of the land is a part of Mississippi I have not stepped on yet. Yes, indeed, man. It's a it's a great place to be. Hope I hope we can get you down here. Yeah, man. And so we've we've covered a lot about like Delta blues and like the Mississippi blues with like. Um, you know, Johnson and all those old cats. And so just from Natchez, man, like just, if you could just kind of draw a picture of like where you're coming from with that area. There's a, there's a huge influence of blues here. You're right. People, people come from all around the world from places. You could only dream of going to come here, the blues, or they come here with the blues in mind and, Sometimes they run into me and I'm playing some 
country folk Americana, and they they still enjoy their self. But you know, there's there's also a big country influence. There's uh, rock and roll influence. Jerry Lee Lewis grew up right across the river, right in Faraday, where where I was born. Um, lots of, I mean, from <laughs> from my area here, there's all kind of music I can think of. I know, man, and that's that's just kind of how I wanted to open up, like the conversation with you, Gabriel. It's so good to just to sit down with you. I I love the blues and I love what the South has done. And like when I think about Mississippi, and I haven't had anyone from Mississippi from your area yet. And it's it's one of the reasons why I was so excited to have you on. Is like that's a special place, like that is its own melting pot, like what you were talking about right then. And so let's let's talk about just growing up in Natchez and uh, in that area, and kind of what that meant. Oh man, uh, I've always loved this area. I actually have a song about it. Uh, as a kid, I, I grew up, and you know, this is this is nice small little area. You could go play out in the street and not worry about being kidnapped and then you know you grow up and you see, realize there's not a lot to do in the town and you want to move away to a bigger place and then you move to a bigger place and you realize that it's not what you expected and you wind up moving back to the place you love but I'm, I'm getting a little off track here I guess yeah um, I, <laughs> I love uh, just the amount of musical influence there is here people come from ever like uh there's it's called we're part of the uh, americana music triangle basically and people all the time come from 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 france from england and they they go to natchez they go they go to new orleans and they go to nashville yeah and this and natchez seems to be usually the last one and they're like we we went to natchez i mean we went to nashville we went to new orleans we heard great music now we're here to see you and then you're like oh okay that's no pressure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. And I mean, just to, uh, I mean, when you sent your music over, man, I just like you sent me, um, uh, it was very broad spectrum and the way you described it, it was, uh, you sent me one track and then he's like, um, this is more rock. And then you sent me another track. This is going to be a little more country. And he's like, it's right in the spectrum of Americana. And uh, I don't, I don't think he could have captured it any better. You know what I mean? And so, like, the influence, I, I feel it, man. Like, I haven't, I haven't been to Natchez, but just what I hear of Natchez is like, it, like I, I feel it from, uh, from what, where you're coming from with your music. Thank you, man. Uh, yeah, I try to use a lot of local, you know, landmarks and stories in my songs to 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 promote the area as best as I can through my original music. So for you to say that you can you know, you can feel this area through my original music is is a very great compliment. Yeah man. Yeah. And it's like uh I don't know, it's it's crazy because this whole this area and like on untapped in vinyls with some of the episodes that we've done in the past is like um, that's where me and Monk will talk about just music 
um, over a beer. And we'll mm-hmm. specifically focus on areas, and we were focusing on the blues, and we were we were talking about Mississippi, but something that kind of lays low is Natchez, and it, like the different influence it has there, and it's it's. It was cool that we met somehow, you know, through Facebook, through uh, the group, and that like you sent that music, and it was like, well, here it is, we can do this now. <laughs> Yes, indeed. That's funny you mentioned the uh, Natchez Land Low. Actually, I've heard many times that if the uh, if the Rhythm Nightclub here would have not burned down, that Natchez would have been the center of the blues versus Memphis or Chicago. Right. So talk a little bit about growing up, man. And so, uh, how did how did you get into music? Like, what was life like growing up? Were you into uh, baseball, or what were you doing while you were growing up? Was you directly into music? Well, I grew up a very poor young man in a home that was separated. My mom and dad divorced when I was twelve. No, no one in my family really played music except for my grandfather. He played piano and sang at church and at, at a Pentecostal church and kind of where I got into music listening to him play and sing and I would sing to the radio and annoy my family by doing that um, and then you know my musical influences I guess came from both my mom and my dad my dad was listen to anything from George Jones to Snoop Dogg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty pretty, and, uh, pretty broad. Yeah. <laughs> and then my, my mom introduced me to one of my favorite bands of all time, which is Dr. Hook. I, if you've never listened to much of Dr. Hook, you got to check those guys out. Will do. I'm familiar with Dr. Hook, but uh, I'll spend a little more time with it. But so, so, yeah, so basically my musical influence from my, from my immediate family came from my grandfather. He, he passed away about two years ago. But through Facebook, I actually discovered on through family that I haven't met that there are a lot more musicians in my family than I realized. So apparently come, it must be an inherited thing. I, I, I thought that maybe it was just something I picked up along the way and but I think music runs just runs through your blood, man. Yeah, man, it's crazy. Um, like to think about my family is uh, my great grandfather on my father's side played a mean harmonica. But, yeah. But other than that, I really can't think of anyone in my family. Like I'm the first one in like what one, two, three generations right there. Like really taking hold of it and it it didn't come natural man I, I really had to fight for it and I still fight for it and um I mean I, I think that's it, it that was something that was kind of different and that's what really kind of I guess it makes me feel kind of like a black sheep I push so hard for something that uh isn't um you know no one else has really tried to do in this family. 
uh, yeah, man. Same same thing here. The crazy thing is tonight before this interview, I actually played a gig with for the first time ever with with my cousin who I just met. <laughs> he, he lives in New Orleans and he plays in a band called Making Groceries. And he came down and we played a gig together for was the first time I ever played with a with an immediate family member tonight. And now we're talking about <laughs> talking about this exact same thing. It's That's crazy, good. man. It is crazy, man. I, like I, I remember like early years and um, what really turned me into music. Like I really wish I could say like it was listening to Def Leppard with my dad. You know. Mm-hmm. And I guess like what really turned me on to like I have got to have a guitar. It was seeing he wasn't even he was my brother's friend, my older brother's friend, and he was just playing a talent show. And um, he was playing, you know, some CCR, Proud Mary. And right when he did that little, you know, it's not anything complicated, but it's a dope solo. And I heard that, and I was like, I just knew I wanted to rock too, you know? And that that was the sensation. That was the influence. That was like, Sid was my music hero, you know? I never, I, I sang from the time I was a little kid until, you know, I've been singing all my life, but I, I never played guitar or piano or anything as a kid. I, I only picked up guitar uh, when I was about 27, so about six years I've been playing guitar. I would, I would sing with my friend whose name is John Smith, nice complicated name you've probably never heard before. No, I've never heard yeah. someone named John Smith ever. <laughs> and he would come over and play and then he, he got busy and it was hard to find anybody to play with so I just I just started I learned a few chords and used YouTube to teach myself to play guitar and then Went from there. Cool, man. Yeah, I played gigs almost every weekend, pretty much. Yeah, and so, like, during that time, like, how old were you? Like, what what part of your life were you in? Whenever I started learning to play guitar. Yeah, and up to, like, that that point of just playing out. Well, uh, I actually grew up in Therity right across the river, and then I went to college in Monroe, which is about two hours away. When I moved back, I moved to Natchez. Oh, I'm skipping, dude. Let's back up. Let's back up. Let's back up. Let's get that. I'm sorry, man. I I, I skipped way ahead of you. Okay. So, after my friend got too busy to start to come play guitar while I sang, I decided to pick up the guitar and learn some chords, watch YouTube, and teach myself to play. Um, one song that we would always play together was uh, Dead Flowers by Towns Van Zandt. Or I guess it's a, technically a Rolling Stone song. Really? And, uh, yeah. Why, why that you know song? That song? Why that song? I, my friend introduced it to me, and, uh, 
I just loved it so much. Just the the words of the song are just amazing, man. And, man, Towns Van Zant, um, he rarely comes up, but like, I feel like his influence is so broad in what we hear today. It, it definitely is. He uh, he he's written a lot of influential songs. He wrote um, Poncho and Lefty, which was a huge Willie Nelson and uh, Merle Haggard, Merle Haggard. <laughs> Willie and Merle song. Yeah, his his music is. I mean, there's probably no one in classic country or folk music who's not been influenced by Towns. And so, I mean, just going from there, man, like, so where did that go? What did that look like? How how old were you at this point? And what were you doing? I was about 27. Um, I had moved back from Monroe, and I was working, you know, locally. Uh, I work as a, I'm an occupational therapist, what my actual job is. Um, but I just caught that caught that fire, man, caught that fever of wanting to play and sing and learned a few songs. And then a guy locally, his name's Brandon McCraney, he was hosting this open mic thing. And I went to it, played a few songs. People started applauding and uh, caught, the, caught the fever of the live gig thing. And yeah. That first year, I probably played five or ten gigs. And then I started playing with my brother-in-law, who was on my album. His, his name's Mark Richardson. And once we got together, I mean, the gigs just started rolling in. We played lots of places in town. Biscuits and Blues and Smoots. Yeah. 61. And so right now, just to kind of plug this from local musicians or uh, people who are maybe possibly trying to get into the Natchez area, you host an open mic, right? I do. I do. It's once a month, uh, the last Wednesday of each month. The next one that's coming up is January 29th. It's always from 6 to 9 p.m. do two artists per hour, and we do like a like a song circle type thing where we go back and forth with original. Yeah. And I've been doing about eight months and the crowd gets bigger and better every time. People, I was unsure exactly what would happen because we're kind of a small town, but. Yeah. What made you want to do it that way? Because like I've, I've seen a lot of like the way singer songwriter nights and open mic nights happen I'm sure you're aware of this but just for listeners is like in some towns you'll have a prominent name who will open the open mic and then uh-huh. you'll have people who sign up they'll have three songs if they have three and it'll go that way for about three or four of them and then you'll have the guy who is promoting the show he'll play for about 30 minutes and then mm-hmm. you know you'll preview the rest right and um 
But I have seen so many videos, but I've never attended one. And I, I really like the style. So I don't know. Like This is what I'm asking you is, do you feel like it's more comfortable to do an open mic like that? To have just everybody on a bar stool just lined out ready to rock and roll than to have like someone representing it and like playing and then letting people play and then play or uh, I, I think it both kind of works right it just kind of depends it it does both work yeah uh with those with those um open mic things it's i think it's from more people who i mean it can be for original too but a lot of times those are for covers as well and it's a, for a, a minimal amount of exposure, for, I guess, for people who aren't quite ready for the amount of stuff. I mean, we I do an open mic hour or two at the end. Right. Sometimes when I when when I don't get six artists booked, um, my show is more for people who have at least thirty minutes of originals. Yeah. It's more of a promotion thing for already, I guess, existing songwriters. Yeah. Um, but people have come from everywhere, man. Like, I, in November, I had two people from Mobile that drove five hours to get here and come play. And it's a, it's not a paying gig. It's a free gig. They came and played, and they enjoyed it a lot and they both said they both have already booked to come back again tight I wonder who those cats were man cause like I I know a lot of musicians down there okay so the there was a girl and a guy so the girl's name her name is Ella Salter she just put out an album perfect and then the guy's name is Franklin Pratt he's young he's He's 23, I think, and he is in a he's in a band called Sloth Racer, and basically they do reggae type songs. Yeah, and they were he's a really really talented guy. They were both very talented. That's a great plug, man, and that's interesting. Like, uh, how did that go off in Natchez? Did that uh, did it go off well? It went great, man. I've had people. I've had country artists, I've had rock artists, I've had uh, one young lady came and did some almost like 90s style R&B, that guy doing reggae and, and people come and they stay and they applaud every song and they listen to the words and it's just it's just awesome man, it's like it's like the perfect place for it. That's, man, that's, that's incredible that um people have the palette for that there and um man i wanted to reflect back on you for a minute and so like to talk a little bit about um that area is um breaking out i guess as an original songwriter and finding your place uh what did that look like at first oh it was very uh Terrifying, basically. I I wrote one of the first songs that I that I wrote was was the Bridge of Curly Jones, and it was kind of a something I wrote in about twenty minutes around the fire 
because I, I live on this road and there's this tiny little bridge called Curly Jones Bridge and I was like man this sounds so like it has such a story behind it and I, yeah. I made up this song about it and all my friends loved it I went and played it at that open mic night and people responded well to it so I started throwing songs together and went to a went to a recording studio and laid some down and people have responded really well to the music. I mean, it's, I, I try to encourage young writers who have material to get up and play in front of people. Don't, don't hold your music in. Don't hide it from people. Show people what you got. They're either gonna like it or they're gonna hate it. Right? <laughs> and you'll, you'll find out for sure. Yeah, there's only one way to know, right? Right. Don't 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 keep it in. You, you may have you may be sitting on a gold mine. Uh, during the recording of your album and finding your sound and as you have been writing since, what did that look like and how did that transform? I think that my my album just developed as I was in the studio. I, I went with only probably three songs ready and as I recorded them more stuff just automatically came to me ideas came in the studio like the studio just seems to be a, a magical place for creativity and I met people out while I was playing and if I I would hear people singing and I'd oh okay that, that, that person is perfect yeah. for this song there's a young lady named Taylor Spring here who I put on two songs on my first album just because I, I love the way she sang and harmonized. And I tried to use a lot of local you know, musicians, uh, local drummer, local guitar players, and such. Um, and I mentioned earlier, you know, most of my songwriting is about several of my uh, songs are about basically fictitious stories about local attractions like we um one I have a song about the kudzu like that goes on the hillside over here in Natchez yeah 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 that's one of the songs you sent me and uh some of my songs come from stories that my friends tell me. I have one particular friend who got ripped a new one by a crazy lady who got him to move away and just did him completely wrong. So several several songs are influenced by that, by stories he told me. He, uh, he's fine with me telling you that. I won't, I won't say his name. But <laughs> right. So, you know, I guess I... My music is influenced by the local landmarks and monuments and also by, you know, stories that I hear, phrases that I hear, things that I see while I'm driving down the road. And I just take a little note. I'm playing a lick on the guitar and say, oh, that sounds like a song. I go back and look at my little quotes I have and see if they fit. Right. Don't come from there. 
Well, that's cool, man. Why? Well, let's um, let's let's draw out twenty twenty, and so um, just to map out different avenues for um, listeners to get involved with you, uh, social media wise, and maybe places where you'll be playing and what's coming out in the new year. Well, uh, and my social media account is Gabriel Bath Music on Facebook. That's where I post all my stuff. I'm on Instagram at Gabriel Bath 22. Post a lot of covers and originals. Uh, I play mostly locally here in Natchez. I play three or four times a month at a place called Biscuits and Blues. They have fantastic food. The owner's a wonderful person. Uh, it's, it's a great place if you, if you go to Natchez to eat. Um, I am playing at a an event that is advertising for the Ozone Songwriter Festival, which is in Mandeville. Yeah. But the event is not in Mandeville. It is and the, the event is in Slidell and it's the 25th of January and I'm playing with uh, several popular artists there's one girl in particular her name is Grace Russell and she plays in Nashville to, uh, but it's, it's to promote the Ozone Songwriter Festival which hosts about 150 different songwriters on four different stages in the, in the Mandible Wow. Louisiana area. Yeah, so come out and support it, right? Right, yeah. It's just a great event. Uh put on by two of my friends, Tommy Ike Haley and John West. Um I'm also I'm doing the Third Street Songwriter Festival in Baton Rouge in on March the twentieth. All right. Um, March 14th, I am playing at 10 South in Vicksburg, Mississippi. All right. Uh, and that's that's about the most traveling I have planned right now. I have, I have two small children, and so I don't get to travel as much as I could, but I still try to get out there a little bit. Yeah. I guess um, I may have missed this. I don't know if it's anything that you want to go into now, um, but we can reopen it. Is um, just life now uh, with what you do and fatherhood, and maybe how songwriting has changed and how gigs being taken has changed. If you want to go into some of that, yeah, we can. Uh... I have been married for almost eight years now to a wonderful woman named Kimberly. She is a she is the preschool director at our local private school. We have two children. Uh, I have a seven year old little girl named Stella and a two-year-old named Jack. Uh, 
songwriting has definitely been influenced by those hard-headed children. (laughs) 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 From the, uh, makes it a little bit harder from the, from the lack of sleep to, you gotta, if you're writing, you gotta get up in the middle of the night while they're sleeping because you can't write when they're running around your feet and saying, dad, play with me, play with me. Oh man, dude, this leads to a question and I'm not looking for the answer. I just want your answer because I don't, I don't believe there's a right answer. Okay. And so, um, it was about two weeks ago and I just called a couple of friends that are songwriters and I asked them, I was like, so how do you write a happy song? And so like, so most of my songs are dark, right? Right. And, uh, I, I really wanted to write a happy song and I, I just wanted to know where, where it come from, what time of day or w- what influenced it or how it happened and like you know, their response was like, maybe you should get somebody to tickle you. <laughs> or, uh, you know, go watch uh, the other guys. You know, go watch a comedy. Or, uh, right. you know, and I was like, oh, that's real practical. And I was like, those are things that make me feel happy. But I was like, I don't think that's where, like, a happy song comes from. It's like, well, where do you write your songs from? And I was like, well, maybe you're right. But I was like, I need something more than that. And what it was is um, they couldn't tell me was I think that's what you're hitting on now. Is uh, And once again, I'm not saying that this is the right answer. But I believe in songwriting or even in journaling or even in whatever hobby that uh, you prescribe to. Um the expression is going to be totally different in the morning than it will be after the day is done at night. And so, um, whatever you're looking for, if you want to, and I think it's important to go from both sides and then you could analyze maybe if you have time later to kind of see the day, if, if, if you could. But I have found that on some nights I'll go to bed early so I can wake up at 3.30 or 4 o'clock in the morning and just write. Uh-huh. And um, I find that those thoughts are a lot happier and that the things that I can do on the guitar, they're a lot different than what I do in the evening when I get home from work after I've dealt with everything, right? Right. Uh, yeah. And uh, it's almost like I'm dumping baggage on it. And so I, I started to analyze it. And I was like, well, when I get home from work, like, and I, know, I understand that everyone else's life is a whole lot different. Like, I don't have, I don't have children. And so uh, everybody has responsibilities. But it's like, before I sit down with my guitar to write, is, this is, this is what I would say, is, uh, I need to make sure that everything outside is handled. Right. And then I can sit down. But what's crazy is, like, what time of day does it happen? I mean, just between you and me. I mean, like, me and you have been talking for a couple of weeks now trying to get together, right? Mm-hmm. And I, right. You, you see how 
and it's difficult and like that's what I find with writing and like being creative is like it's a time of day and like what about writing at lunch I mean I don't even know what that would look like that's like mid-crisis you know yeah that would probably mean you would probably write some like system of a down type stuff you know yeah <laughs> screaming at the government to <laughs> don't send the poor people to war yeah man it's i mean that's crazy i listen to system of a down as well like as you were growing up what were some of your musical influences man um we were talking about that earlier about the uh some of the first albums that we had uh probably the the first album that i can really remember being obsessed with because I was poor when I was a child so I didn't have a lot of uh, accessibility either you know cassettes but and when I was in high school I bought the uh, album Break the Cycle by Stained and I I really loved a lot of those songs from from that album um, and then me and my friend would drive around all the time listening to the greatest hits of David Allen Coe, which, uh, I mean, there's <laughs> such a, such a wide variety of, of music that influence. I think that's why all my songs are just so yeah, man. different and I have a, I have a hard time. I think I, exactly I yeah, that's what I was thinking. I, I think I can begin to credit what I hear now. It's like, it's so broad. <laughs> But you do well with it, man. And, um, man, I really appreciate you taking time with me tonight to uh, sit down and be on the show. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, man. And just to walk us out the door one time, just to plug your social media and how to get involved with what you're doing, what are some ways for them to get to know it? Yeah, look me up on Facebook, uh, Gabriel Bass Music and on Instagram, Gabriel Bass 22. You can find all of my music on YouTube, on Spotify, Apple Music. Go check it out. Give a brother a few plays. Absolutely. Let me know what you think of it. Yeah, man. All right, Gabriel, thank you so much, man. We're about to uh, get on out of here. It's been so good to have you on, man. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Have a great night. Yeah. Peace out. We're going to close this thing on out. News and notes. For those of you in the car, hey, I'm going to hop out of your stereo real quick. Hop in shotgun. Invite you to hop on over to MunsonBrothers.com. Scroll on down. You'll see... Uh, Portstock logo tab check that out we got merchandise there's merchandise now on top of that look for uh, the some great gifts for the beardo in your life even if it's your own beard cut the chemical out you know get real alright we're gonna step on out of here by the way the song that you heard first was Everything was by Gabriel Bass. Uh, first song 
was A Fool's Paradise. And now the song that we're about to hear is called Kudzu. Get on out of here. Peace out. You know my love for you grows wild. I can't control myself when I see a smile. Thought I'd write you a line or two And babe This one's for you I like to crawl on you baby Like a wild vine In the summertime When my love is in bloom And I'd be there in the wintertime too I want to grow on you Like the goods do
wanna grow on you like the good zoo. Yeah, let me grow on you like the good zoo. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.